This episode is brought to you by Peak, the blockchain for real-world applications and home of DPIN. If you think it's time for Web3 to get real, check out their website at peak.network. That's P-E-A-Q.network. Hello everyone, Daniel from Deepin Hub here, and today we have a special Eat Denver podcast episode with the coolest kids in the Deepin playground, the ATAR project. As far as I know, ATAR got first introduced at exactly one year ago in the same conference last year, but I only heard of them around the end of summer, and I gotta say, I had the same tingly feeling of when I first understood what Helium was trying to accomplish. So that's a very, very exciting project that I'm here today, and we have Neurotic and DAB in the podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining. It's a pleasure to have you here. I'm a big fan of your work. And yeah, let's get started. Can you guys give a brief intro about yourself, background, and what led you to get interested in internet privacy and your role at ATOR? Hi, Daniel. It's a pleasure to be here. This is definitely one of the premier deep-in podcasts. I'm glad we could finally get on here, uh, get in the same room and, and, and see how it went. I'm Neuratic. I'm the COO of ATOR. My personal background is in traditional software. Um, but the majority of the core and founding team have been in the crypto space and the Bitcoin space in particular a long time. We're talking 2013 all the way through ETH, ICO. Um, and so I've heard a lot and I'm well aware of the initial tenets of what really sent the crypto space and blockchain space into its initial popularity. And I'd like to think that our project harks back to that type of idealism. The project, the concept of actually building things that decentralized uh, and giving meaning to cryptocurrency and blockchain, not just trying to apply a problem onto cryptocurrency. I really think the ATOR project fits so well with blockchain and cryptocurrency. There is no other way to deliver what we want to do other than through crypto. So it really is a pleasure to, to work on this project and, and work with people with that background. And what led me to be interested in internet privacy, I, I feel like one of many, many people. I feel just as a consumer, just as a normal person, it's so clear to me that we're regressing as a world with regards to internet privacy. It's so clear that there's greater surveillance, not just by authorities and governments, but by corporations that are tracking everything you do on the internet, profiting from it, connecting things that really shouldn't be connected for the sake of getting more data on you. I think it's obvious to everyone. There are examples all around us. And so really, I, I don't think I'm too dissimilar to the majority of internet users in saying this is a problem. And it's just a case of finding a solution that, that can actually work. Awesome. What about you, DMB? Hi, everyone. I'm DMB. And uh, thanks for the introduction, Daniel. Uh, yeah, I've traditionally always worked in networks and systems and cybersecurity. I've rolled out several ISPs across the world. I've been really privileged to have really good mentors in the space who really took me under their wing and taught me really cool engineering stuff, pen testing stuff, DevOps things, this and that. I got involved in crypto in about 2017 as an investor. And what, what I really loved about crypto was is it really opens the playing fields when, for me, I want to invest in invest and support innovative potential blue chip gems, which in traditional markets, you wouldn't get the opportunity to get a slice off unless you're in Silicon Valley or you buy it on a stock market. And by that time, it's almost too late. So I, ATOR was a fair launch project and it, it was sent to me by a friend who was at ETH Denver last year and asked me my opinion on it. I'd been a long-term TOR supporter. I had over 85 relay nodes I was running. Uh, so I was always into privacy and cybersecurity and encryption and all that cool sort of stuff. Uh, ATOR, I just saw it, fair launch, thought this is actual utility. 
I had become a bit fatigued with crypto, if I'm honest, because so many garbage projects spin up and then the bear market hits and it's all vapor. So I, as a community member, just really dived in and got involved with ATOR. And to me, it's just so much fun to be a part of because you're educating people about privacy. Everyone is happy to be a part of it. It has that excitement and momentum that's very rare to come across in crypto. But really why I love ATOR protocol and love the team is because the team isn't narcissists. They don't think they're gods. They don't have egos. I voiced my opinion on something and they were like, brilliant, keep we love feedback. And for me in crypto, you get a lot of projects who the coin goes up and people think they're gods and then they just take their community for granted. So, you know, ATOR is not about that. Everyone is equal. Everyone's opinions are valued. Those principles really resonate with me. And that's a testament to the team. And if you go in the community chats, you will see that the vibe and the morale is just amazing. Yeah, I agree absolutely with what you're saying. And ATOR, I think, is the perfect project for DPN and perfect project for crypto as well, right? Building like privacy and a lot of things that is lacking in this world, like Neurotica was saying. And also when you start understanding the project, you can see how crazy it is, how amazing and how needed it's actually for our world today. But for those users out there who don't really understand what Tor is doing, could you explain it for a kid or for like a five-year-old? Ooh, that's that's a good question. Okay, let me let me do the best I can with this. I would say ATOR is a layer on top of the internet. And when you make internet search requests through ATOR, your IP address is, is not linked to you. So from a five-year-old perspective, it means, you know, if you go on this game at fungames.com and then a little while later you go on helpifailedthegame.com, no one person can tie those two internet searches to the same person. Because every time you do it, the IP address that is seen by intermediaries in the middle by the eventual website is different. ATOR ultimately gives you control over your digital identity. Um, you can choose what to link to yourself and what to keep private. And ATOR is ultimately about that choice. And ATOR is different to other privacy solutions that kind of deliver the same thing because we're decentralized. Anyone can contribute their bandwidth and their hardware to the ATOR network to help make other people private. By using technology called onion routing, where your traffic is sent to three nodes and encrypted three times to be decrypted by each node on the way. I think the five-year-old lost me by this point, but uh, <laughs> no single person in this, in this chain knows the full story. Nobody knows what you're searching and who you are except you. And that's where the control comes from. The other way that ATOR is different to other solutions, we'll get into this a bit more later, in addition to being decentralized, is we're more universal. We're not just another browser. ATOR is a layer that any application can tie to to add privacy to itself. So deepins, gaming, clients, programs running on a computer can route through the ATOR network and give their users more privacy. And that's why we call ourselves a layer more than a browser, because that's what we do. We add a little bit more privacy to everything. Yeah, and I think that was a pretty good explanation, especially because um, one thing that comes a lot when I talk to people about ATOR is that they ask, okay, so ATOR is just another VPN provider, right? And that's what the thing, the first thing that people say, because, oh, I'm going to, pretend I'm somewhere else, uh, I'm going to hide my IP address, etc. But for what I understand, you guys are building much, much more than just that, right? Maybe you can expand a little bit on what you, you just meant in the previous answer on what are the other use cases that you guys can see that you got very excited about ATAR other than just like a browser, for example. I can dive in here. Okay, so, you know, Neurotic touched on the point there, onion-based writing. 
Now, onion-based writing has been developed over 20 years by some of the best engineers in the world. The problem is, is that network has never scaled. So ATOR, through rewarding and monetizing node operators, we will scale and build one of the largest networks in the world, never mind onion-based routing. So as that scales, it will allow more bandwidth intrusive applications to run. So some of the examples of applications or projects that could be built upon it, thinking of, let's let's throw it to D-PIN, right? D-PIN providers and D-PIN end products transfer data. How do they transfer that data? It's over the internet. Now, if you transfer that, and if we expose the ATOR network to these projects, they would be able to transfer critical or management traffic over the ATOR network. This means it's secure by default, protected against things like sniffing attacks, snooping attacks, man in the middle attacks. You can guarantee data integrity, things like that. So all of these D-PIN projects worldwide now have a secure and plug and play medium of transport for their data, which is invaluable. Outside of Web3, all of retail can now securely trans like browse the internet. I mean, you could have people deploying applications. If you want to watch TV in any country in the world, you can do it. You can have people who can have secure end-to-end communications like VPN tunnels running over this network. The possibilities are endless. What ATOR is developing is sort of like a Swiss army knife via its SDK. So really, ATOR wants to empower developers to be able to deploy any kind of application they want. And privacy will be an easy thing to deploy within your applications. Traditionally, cybersecurity, it takes a lot of expertise and time to develop. ATOR will have a plug and play solution. Yeah, that's amazing. Peak is a layer one blockchain designed to power DPINs. Why do DPINs choose to build on Peak? It's fast, scalable, low-cost offer builders are ready to deploy DPIN SDK and it's multi-chain. So when you build on Peak, you're building for all Web3. Peak is home for the fastest growing DPIN projects with more than 100,000 vehicles and devices deployed, over a dozen DPINs already building and the world-leading device manufacturers such as Boss partner with them. Think of building a DPIN, Peak has a grand program for DPIN builders. If you're listening to this, remember you're early. The Peak Network will launch in the first half of 2024. Check out Peak's channels for more details and links in the podcast description. How do you see the current landscape for internet privacy? For example, one thing that I talked before is VPN, right? VPN, you go to whatever website you want to, you pay for it, you pay, I don't know, five bucks a month and you're going to have your IP changed. But at the end of the day, that company knows everywhere you are going, right? Because there is no three layers of jumps or three onion layers, let's say, like Neuratic was saying. So how, how do you compare ATOR in terms of uh, the current landscape for that? And what is the main target market for you guys? Because there's so many opportunities. Do you have one specific one that you guys want to try to focus first? Those are both good questions, uh, kind of falling into the current landscape of internet privacy. And I think, don't get me wrong, internet privacy, in terms of the tools and technologies available to end consumers, I think has, has seen great improvements over the past 10 years. DNB can also allude to this, but you know, using a VPN 10, 15 years ago was sort of seen as a, a sort of a niche, strange thing to be doing almost. And now I think they're, they're commonplace. So there has been progress made. But the issue you highlighted is exactly 
the pervasive issue across these solutions in internet privacy, which is VPNs are a centralized solution. And we don't just use centralized as a buzzword. It's exactly what you mean. There are single servers, and there are evidence that these servers are tracking the internet search history of the users within them. Indeed, uh, it's written into many of the contracts or, or mandated by regulations around the world that this tracking takes place. So really, the existing VPN solution, by and large, just sort of passes the buck, maybe away from your ISP or, or, or pure strangers, but still towards someone who can still track everything that you're doing. Now, granted, there exist other solutions, Tor being, uh, I think, a notable one, but I still feel like something is missing from this landscape. Tor sort of is associated with things like the dark web. It's considered the all-encompassing sort of anonymity solution, and, and for the majority, majority of its users is accessed via a dedicated browser that you need to download and use. And quite frankly, both this nomenclature and association with the dark web and the fact that by and large you need to install a specific browser, both of this make it, I think, unsuitable for the mainstream internet user. The way ATOR fits into the inter landscape of internet privacy is we're not trying to push consumers to change their behavior. Really, we want to give them an extra layer of privacy that they can trust, that they know is not centralized. They know no single party can actually track what they're doing. We want to give them the solution in a way that is as seamless and invisible as possible for them. And the way we do that is by focusing on the applications that they already use. DNB mentioned the word SDK. What that means in, in simple terms is developer's toolkit to allow existing applications or new applications to route their traffic through the ATOR network. And the end user only has to configure it on or, or maybe don't, don't even need to know about it. That, I think, is how we differentiate ourselves in this landscape. We're trying to create this universal layer for privacy, and we're trying to onboard applications onto it. You asked, I think, also about the target market or users for this network. Truly, it can be anyone. But we've kept an initial focus uh, on deep-in applications because I thought the fit was just so good between that. Deepin, by its very nature, has distributed hardware and devices running. And often, especially in some of the more recent Deepins, they rely on collecting data around the user's environment, right? You have maybe dashcam footage, location footage, IoT sensors. And so there's a real use case here for users of these devices saying, I want to give this data, I want to earn some, some rewards for it, but I don't want to give up my privacy by doing so. And so the ATOR network can fit into these existing deepens, and we've made some deepen partnerships and discussions behind the scenes to make this happen, to route this data through the ATOR network and provide that first example of seamless, invisible privacy. So there's a lot there, and, and there's certainly a lot more than deepen gaming, Web3 gaming, or even Web2 gaming, data streaming, I mean, even messaging, video. There's so much potential for what can go through this network and we want to set that ball in motion, right? You're not limited by us as a team. If we make our tools universal enough, anyone can build on top of them. So short answer and long answer is everyone. Awesome, awesome, awesome answer. I really, I really enjoy that because I believe the ATOR is going to be one of the biggest deeping project, if not the biggest deeping project, because it is the base project or the base infrastructure for all the future deeping projects or most of them, right? So I do believe that's going to be very important for deeping projects to come and talk to you guys and realize how can we work together. And it's been just one year, right? One question that I had was, uh, since Bless ETH Denver, the past 12 months, what are the main accomplishments or the main events that happened throughout the past 12 months that you guys are proud of or not proud of or 
uh, things that you learn and so much happened in 12 months, right? Give us a little guess of what happened. There's been so much that's happened uh, and really the, look, I'll dive in here first from the community angle. The amount of unique holders that that are holding a tour has just continued to just go parabolic. The community activity and really the general discussions around privacy, net neutrality, encryption, securing and holding and owning your own data. It's just really exciting times to, to be involved in the community. And, you know, uh, crypto, I think, lost its way a bit. And it's just really exciting to see it really come back to utility and fundamentals and just really seeing these quite mature but innovative discussions going on. And just the buzz and hype around that, it's just so exciting on a community alone level. So for me as a community guy, that's so exciting to see, just to see that momentum and that hype is uh, is beautiful. No, I, I completely agree. Community is really the one thing I look back on and say, wow, we got very lucky there and we did a few things right. A highlight for me was when we had our distribution test net live in, in the summer of 23, seeing the growth of genuinely curious participants in the community running relays and contributing to the network. Even at the time, there was no real rewards for doing so. It was just like, if you want to run a relay, here's some education. You can spin one up, we'll keep track of you, but you know, up to you. Even with just that, some, you know, some basic direction to see the community response and to see at one point, we had this little telegram bot in the chat, literally two, three, four, five times an hour, you had someone set up a relay, someone set up a relay, someone set up a relay. Seeing that growth and seeing that glimpse of potential that happens when you create a community and form a movement, that was really special. And that was a short-lived testnet. It was just one or two months, and we spun up over 2,000 relays. So I'm so excited to see that happen again when we reopen the distribution testnet network shortly after ETH Denver. So that's one big highlight. I think another huge accomplishment has been the development of our hardware. Essentially from scratch, very, very basic proof of concept, over to a practically bespoke hardware device that's now being manufactured and assembled all around the world, shipping everywhere um, soon. I think hardware is really sort of you have to put your money where your mouth is, right? It's a physical device. You can't just go off smoke and mirrors and words. And to see us go from a concept to something real has been really special. And we're thrilled to work with some amazing people on this hardware. Obviously, the device is not perfect. Uh, there's still more features to come. The routing functionality when the network is mature enough. Maybe some additional sort of reverse routing, additional configurations. But to have something that is, I would like to say, plug and play, I think is really going to accelerate our development as well. So to, to have that and be able to hold that and show it to people, you feel really special with that. And I hope the H&Ors have the same feeling when they're able to get that device. But yeah, that's two highlights for me. Uh, another another highlight for, for me, and I, I, I get to see this every day, is whenever you speak to people who are newly exposed to ATOR, if they're technical or non-technical or, or new to this, like, certainly one as any aspect of ATOR resonates with them and it's just always so exciting and it's a real pleasure just to see people getting excited and the the, the mission resonates with them and you know I've had the opportunity and privilege to speak to founders of projects or people with lots of liquidity or, or smaller fishes everyone gets excited about it and that's why even when you said it's you know one of the most exciting projects you've come across, Daniel, you know, for me, that's just so awesome because, uh, you know, it's true. So I have, and even speaking to talented engineers about it, no one's going like, oh, that's irrelevant or, you know, everyone's just rallies behind it. So, you know, it's, 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 it's just really good to see. 
it's really restored my faith in this industry again. Yeah, that's good. I mean, me myself, I had, I think, two or three relay nodes that I was setting up. I was trying to learn how, how it worked. I run relay node for Tor for many years, back in, I don't know, 2015, 2016. And when I understood what ATOR was trying to accomplish, I was like, oh my God, this is super interesting. I immediately joined the Discord channel, tried to talk to everybody, tried to understand and understand the community. And one thing that you guys nailed pretty strongly that us at, at Hotspot and Deepin have as well really, really pay attention is on community, right? Because Deepin is a decentralized physical infrastructure network that relies on people, relies on the community for, to actually build this network and being humble, being open to ideas and, and everything like you guys mentioned. It's the, I think that's the path to success because like being on a high horse, your whole project is going to die because we rely on the the basic resources that you need, which is the community, right? You need people excited to build the network. And of course, I, I also saw the hardware in my hands. I'm really excited to have this live. I don't have one. I'm really excited to get my one someday. And also one thing that I think is very important to tell people is that the hardware has benefits, has a lot of benefits, but that's not the only way that you can help this network grow. You can have like installing your Linux machine or PC on your like on virtual servers. I think that's the key success to really reach mass adoption really quickly. Because going back in time, that's one thing that happened with Helium, right? The projects started growing quite fast. You needed absolutely to have the hardware because of the antenna, etc. It did limit the growth of the network. With ATOR, you don't have that, right? You can try to sell as many hardware as, as fast as you can. But if people cannot get hands on the hardware for some reason, they can set up their own server. So I think that's something really interesting. And, and I like to say, right, we're just getting started uh, it's been only 12 months and there's a very, very long path ahead of us. What are the most exciting things that you guys have on the roadmap coming up the next year or the next five years? I'll dive in here. You know, for, for me, it's super exciting. The hardware is about to be released. That, that's The hardware is just so, it's such a slick piece of kit that, uh, yeah, it's just whenever you see it and get your hands on it, which everyone will soon, it's just something that people are going to be proud to hold. I, for, for me, scaling and growing this network, like Tor never passed or surpassed 8,000 nodes. It was never up to enterprise standards, right? So no one has ever scaled a secure onion-based network ever. So the opportunities that are going to, to happen, you know, haven't even started yet. So I think, you know, build and they will come. I think the hardware is going to be exciting. People spinning up nodes on a variety of devices. The technical and bandwidth requirements to run an ATOR node are very low. I think people have ran Tor nodes on jailbroken Android phones. So the amount of this is going to open the doors for people in less developed, economically developed countries to spin up nodes. Then we are going to see, again, one of the largest networks in the world. And the opportunities that that is going to present to developers, doesn't matter if you're built in Web 3 or Web 2, the amount of opportunities there and the projects that are going to be built, uh, they haven't even hit the whiteboard yet. So for me, really, building the network is the start of the party. I cannot wait to see. There's so many talented developers out there and teams out there. I cannot wait to see who starts building what on this network. And, you know, when I see people building like 
streaming services we want people to develop games we want people social media opportunities we really we're going to open a can of worms there and i i can't wait to see uh, what innovation gets unleashed here that to me that is the most exciting thing also to, to bring it to deep in the amount of exciting deep in projects that daniel yourself and the hotspotty team do such a great job uh, covering and you really provide really good unbiased news to, to your community and i'm such a fan of the work you guys do i can't wait to see which deep in projects start utilizing the ator sdk and that's going to be so fun to see. Oh, man, you give me the goosebumps. I'm getting super excited. What about you, Neuratic? What are you most excited about the future? Well, the near term is going to be really exciting. Um, we have this sort of confluence, as I like to say, of this network we're developing, the hardware we're developing, this distribution protocol for the rewards. It's all going to come together sooner rather than later. So we'll have this. I mean, I'm really excited for East Denver and to have the community you know, with the hardware in their hands, getting their feedback, getting their thoughts, just seeing it outside of our own labs and our offices. That, that's something really special. And then having that hardware be used in the network, having people start receiving testnet rewards, I think it'll be really special because at that point, we can unleash that ball and see how far the momentum can take us. Yeah, I can only see how big this thing is going to be. Imagine there are about 1 million Helium hotspots out there that can easily run ATOR nodes as part of their, their current setup, right? So this is going to be really, really exciting to see what's going to happen, right? And I just want to add here, uh, because I agree, there's going to be a lot of nodes, and the more nodes, the better. And just the work that's gone on on the actual tokenomics as well. There's a lot of people involved in, in crafting the tokenomics. And for nodes, that there is mechanisms in place to basically prevent against heavy cell pressure, like ATOR will be locked up and staked. So I think uh, it's, it's really all the ingredients for a long standing and successful project because no one wants miners dumping on holders so it really has been well thought out so we are really encouraging as many news as possible we don't care what device it's on where it's located just let's get them up let's build the fastest network in the world and the opportunities that come are just crazy. Yeah, the, the more locations, the better, right? The more decentralized it's gonna be, I'm sure. There'll be like from Brazil to Europe, to Asia, to the US. That's super exciting. And you gotta pay node operators. Well, I like tours and organizations, nonprofit. I don't want to uh, be too critical, but at the same time, the mission at hand is too important to, to have to take a lofty approach to it. If you look at their relay maps, you can see there is black spots in areas that people may not be able to afford to run nodes so it's going to be so exciting so areas like south america or africa these people may not be in a privileged position to run nodes ator opens the floodgates and gives opportunities it does not care who you are where you are located what your personal finances are like you will be rewarded for contributing to this network and that is really in the spirit of decentralization that really puts a framework in place to promote net neutrality anywhere you are located it does not matter you should have access to the internet in a fair and private manner and the ATOR tokenomics, the ATOR project, and the ATOR hardware enables people to do that. The hardware allows non-technical users to run nodes, and the ATOR 
protocol rewards mechanism allows you to run another equipment you might have and get paid to do it. So it's a win-win. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, DPIN is a pretty strong ecosystem for that, right? It allows people all across the world to earn passive income by providing some sort of work. But it's like, it, it really can change people's life as well. If you, t if you start thinking about just like the token rewards, right? People from, I don't know, for example, Indonesia or Brazil or Argentina, where sometimes a few dollars per month can really make a difference in their lives. Uh, that's something that really makes the world a better place. It's a bit too much to be saying that, but it does, right? Like we, we've seen, like, for example, with projects like HaveMapper, the guy has a, a dash cam on his car and he's a plumber. And then he goes and fix houses sometimes because the price went up and he's been collecting his tokens throughout the time. And the, the token went up in a point that he makes more money from HiveMapper than from being a plumber. So that really, really helps and change people's lives. So this is really exciting. One thing that I would like to say is that this episode is coming out on the 27th of February. So tomorrow we have the real world event in Denver. And I would like you guys to say what is happening there. Would you like to invite some people there to probably listen to this episode one day before the real world event in Denver? Absolutely. So tomorrow, the 28th of February, the ATOR team will host a booth within the real world uh, at Denver conference from 10 a.m. through to 8 p.m. Any ATORNOTS NFT holder, which is the NFT we use to distribute the initial thousand units of our hardware, they can opt in to collect their relay directly at the conference. And the first relays handed out will be for collection at this booth. So for any of you already in our community or just on the verge of joining it, I think this is one of the most special ways for you to get involved, be part of this inaugural hardware sale. Even though the Mint sold out in December in just over 30 minutes, you can acquire these NFTs on the open market. And if you happen to be near Denver or able to come, it would be amazing to have you here at the booth give you a hardware unit, onboard you personally as, as best we can, and appreciate you uh, as a proponent of internet privacy. We'll also be speaking, members of our team, presenting the hardware and vision uh, over on the stage as well that day. And if you happen to be around Denver, there'll be more collection points as well for this hardware. So a lot of cool sort of hardware release stuff happening tomorrow. If you're sitting at home, we'll do our best to con convey to you what's going on there. There's plenty of projects, plenty of networking going on, special events as well. So hopefully all crypto projects and Web3 organizations that will come out of that conference stronger, come out with new insights ready to present to the community once everyone's back home. We hope it will be a very, very special day, whether you're with us or, or supporting us from the sidelines. So everyone who is listening, if you are in Denver or you have some friend that's going to Denver, make sure to not miss this opportunity to buy. If you don't already have one NFT, you can still buy on the open market. Make sure to Tell your friends to get it because it could be a life-changing opportunity, right? So make sure to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to get my device. I'm really excited for it. And let's say for all the listeners out there that are passionate about privacy and technology, what is the next, uh, some actionable steps they can take into getting to know ATOR more, to contribute to the network, to the project, and maybe buy the hardware? Where can they do that? This is an amazing time to join our community. We have active communities on Telegram and also on Discord. Daniel will share those links, hopefully, with the podcast. Yeah, this really is a great time to join uh, and get integrated because very shortly in March, we'll be opening up this network, uh, not just for the hardware units, but anyone who wants to run our software uh, and run a relay. So this is, you really be getting in at the ground floor here, understanding the process, figuring out how you can put in your wallet details and start receiving testnet rewards. There's a lot of things coming up. So this is a great time to start getting involved. 
keep an eye on our Twitter where we make pretty frequent announcement about, about what's going on with the project, how you, can, how you can contribute. Yeah, hopefully just enjoy your time, whether you're technical, whether you're non-technical, whether you know nothing or whether you have a lot to share. You, you will have a place uh, with the Atornauts uh, and with our community. That's amazing. So that's ator.io. And I mean, I'm going to share out the links on the description of this YouTube video or podcast, depending where you're taking, you're getting this content. Uh, is there any alpha that you'd like to share with the listeners? Something that they get very excited that you haven't said any, yet? I've spoken a few times about this uh, distribution protocol testnet. This is our novel distribution layer built in Arweave. We distribute rewards gaslessly using this, this oracle we've created. Well, I've said testnet and I've said testnet tokens, and I'd just like to hint at the very end of this podcast that uh, those testnet tokens are, will be more than just a token of recognition. They will be your gateway to some uh, hopefully juicy rewards for being an early participant. So it really does pay to stay alert and, and get in at the ground floor. And perhaps I'll leave it at that. Awesome. And good reward for everyone who's been listening to the podcast until now, right? I would really like to thank you guys for joining the podcast today. Tomorrow at the Real World event, let's hopefully get everyone who is listening to join. The event is going to be super exciting. DMB, Neurotic Sync, thank you so much for joining. It was a pleasure to have you in the podcast today. I'm really excited to see where ATOR is going and where it's heading. I have goosebumps just to think about that. It's super exciting. And yeah, let's let's schedule already another podcast on the next ETH Denver because I I'm very excited to see how this project is going to be evolving and all the things that are going to be happening throughout the next 12 months. And for you listening out there, make sure to subscribe on the podcast, on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple, because uh, your support is very, very important to us because we want to keep on bringing amazing guests like Neurotic and DMB in the episode and other deep in founders, impl- deployers and, and investors and everyone involved in the space. Thanks so much for the day. I'm super excited to meet you guys in Denver and have a great day. Have a good one. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for having us. And thank you for all the hard work you do in the space. It's really great the job you and the rest of the hotspot you guys do. Keep it up. Let's do this.